truth. Ezekiel chapter 22 this morning. Ezekiel 22. Again, I have some scriptures written down on paper. Don't know what the Lord's wanting to do with them. <laughs> and I had to ask the Lord to forgive me right here a minute ago in that first song. Just, um, just my scattered brainness. It's just, I don't know, I'm in a lot of places right now and I need to focus. Uh, while I was praying, though, I think I felt the nudge. And so I'm asking Chris this morning right here, if you will be ready, you preach for us next Sunday morning. And be ready, have one, have one on reserve for next Sunday night. If I'm here, then you'll still preach next Sunday morning and I'll preach next Sunday night. If I'm not here, then you'll preach both services. And then if Brother Glenn, you would take care of Wednesday night, then that'll be, that'll be helpful. All right, so that'll be the plan. Either way, Brother Chris will be preaching next Sunday morning. And, uh, but I do want to speak to you after church sometime along the way. All right, so... Ezekiel chapter 22, let's pick up our reading in verse number 23. Ezekiel 22 and verse 23. And the Lord, and the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed, nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Her priests have violated my law, and they have profaned mine holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. And they have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them." Her princes, so we've seen her priests there, verse 26. Now her princes, her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls and to get, to get dishonest gain. And her prophets, so we've seen her priests, her princes, and now we see the prophets. And her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord, when the Lord hath not spoken. Amen. The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully, and I sought up for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. Sad words in the scripture, but I found none. Therefore, I ha have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray, thanking you, Lord, for first and foremost the privilege of prayer, allowing me to come before the throne of grace. I bow in Jesus' name again this morning, asking praying that you'll collect my thoughts. Lord, I'm scattered in a lot of different directions right now, and my heart is in a few places. But Lord, it needs to be right here, and as I, as I handle the Word of God, help me to handle it appropriately, and, uh, and uh, Lord, not deceitfully, as we read in the Scriptures here. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would have your will and way. May the Spirit of God 
work in hearts, saints and sinners alike. Lord, I believe this is more for the saints. And uh, Lord, help us, dear God, to take it and to make application and to walk thereby. I pray and ask that you would uh, be with our nation. And uh, Lord, we, we mirror, our, our, our leaders mirror the, the passage that we just read. And, I, and uh, our nation is mirroring the passage that we just read. And I pray that you'll forgive our nation as Daniel prayed for his nation, Lord, and 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 ask for sin, uh, the, the sins of the nation be forgiven, and the people of Israel be forgiven. I pray that you would forgive our our land, Lord. We we stand in forgiveness, Lord, because uh, we also know that uh, your wrath could be upon us. We pray and ask that you would help us, dear God, as we uh, look into the scriptures. God in direct help Brother Crow this morning, give he- healing and help, Lord, strength to him and his illness. Uh, this morning, I pray, Lord, for others that are, uh, that are with us, but, Lord, have uh, ailments. Uh, give grace to them as well. And we ask and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. And amen. All right, so uh, I, put a, I put a title on here because I was re- originally looking, looking at that hedge, but, uh, but the Lord kind of honed me in on that tempered mortar, falling apart and backing up is the title of my message. Falling apart and backing up. And uh, I don't want us to do that. And uh, uh, so, in in the in the context of the scripture, let's give you the context. Uh, of course, this is the the prophet Ezekiel uh, that is is writing, and a prophet of Israel, uh, one of the major prophets here in the Word of God. Uh, he was uh, Israel was in a very bad way when Ezekiel was writing. I mean. And Ezekiel was told to do some very strange things uh, as a prophet, as a man of God, uh, just, uh, just like Hosea was, uh, you know, was uh, told to do something that really didn't set right. But again, it was, the, uh, it was an application, it was a sign, it was a, a direct uh, example in Hosea's life as to what Israel was doing when, they come, when it come to you know, uh, committing whoredoms to idols and getting away from God, the one true and living God. Uh, and we see this all through the history of the, uh, of the Israelite people and uh, the Jewish people uh, there in Israel. And, um, and there is a difference. Uh, there is a difference set forth in the scriptures. Uh, Abram, Abraham, Abram, started out Abram, Abraham, and he was given... He was given some promises. Um, uh, he was. It was. There was no. It was uh, the the people. That people was not called um, because it was anything special. Abraham was not special. It's just the Lord laid His affection upon them and made a people out of the children of Abraham. And they're still the Jews this day, and they're still Abraham as his father. Now others over there. There's a lot going on over there. There's others over there that claim Abraham is their father too because of Ishmael, a seed born to Abraham out of the will of God. And Ishmael has been a thorn in Israel's uh, flesh for centuries now and still to this day is. And that's why we need to be careful in getting out of God's will because an Ishmael might come our way just like it did in Abraham's day. And then, of course, we see that, uh, just throwing this out there, there's some folks that want to 
put the Jews, Jewish folks upon uh, that claim we Gentiles as Jews. It doesn't work that way in the scriptures. It's not that way in the scriptures. I can, I've been thinking upon these things because I've been hearing, you know, this, and I, I didn't, I haven't heard. I know it's out there. I've heard a little bit about it, and so it again crossed my hearing the other day. And uh, you was talking about uh, some folks being sincere in their beliefs in the Sunday school. Uh, Brother Chris asked me if I'd ever seen them before. I'd never seen them until yesterday. Been here four years. Never seen the folks in purple and gold standing out on the corner <laughs> until yesterday with a big loudspeaker. And uh, I was like, you know, I rolled down my window just enough to hear just a little bit at the intersection. And they went on through the intersection very sincere in what they believe, but they're wrong. They're wrong in what they believe. And uh, so it's kind of interesting. I've never seen that sight before until yesterday. And I'm like, uh-huh, that's what Brett Chris was talking about. Interesting folks. But anyway, very sincere. And you're not going to get anywhere if you was on the opposite street corner. You're not going to get anywhere with them. They are sincere in their belief. And, uh, and to stand and refute them on the other street corner was not going to do anything any good. Uh, there might be one or two that you could pull out of the fire if you could get them alone and reason with them. But most times... Folks that are uh, that, of that persuasion are unreasonable. All right, so just uh, that's you know, come when when the, when the Bible God says, "Come, let us reason." Our, uh, come, let us reason together, saith the Lord. You have to be able to sit down and see what's presented, and take what's presented, and there is a there is a dialogue there. The, the, the truths are presented to you, and then you have to do something with the truths. You reason. God uses your reasoning. God uses your understanding. God changes your understanding sometimes. But when folks are unreasonable, you just might as well just shut the book, dust, the, dust off your feet, and go down the road because you're not going to get anything done. That's free. That's free, by the way. Anyway, but here we are in Israel, and you, you think Israel... All, this is Ezekiel. We're way on here in the five, 500, according to Usher's chronology, 593 B.C.-ish in Israel's history. There's a lot of history prior to Israel. And as we read, you know, the deliverance from Egypt, they, they get into the land of Canaan, the promise that was made, and I've seen this recently in light of what's going on over there, you know, um, and, and all that's being chanted on our college campuses. I try to, you know, keep abreast of, of current events and as it pertains to we as Christians. And our college campuses are chanting this, this phrase that's against Israel that's not going to, according to the Scriptures, it's not going to be that way. In Genesis chapter 15, at the end of that chapter, I believe 18 through the end of the chapter, it says the promise of Abraham of how much land that they're going to get. From the Nile River all the way to the Euphrates River. That's a lot of land. <laughs> Unlike the little sliver that they're currently on right now. And it's not a popular if we would say that one of these days this is what Israel is going to be. It's, but it's the truth because it's in the scripture. And God said it and it's going to be that way one of these days. Uh, and so here is Israel who go, go, go backwards. They backed up so many times here in the Word of God. Hold your place there. We're going to look at some things there. But Isaiah, 
Another major prophet says it in Isaiah chapter 1. As as the vision was given to him, the prophecy was given to him. We'll read here. Uh, And this this is the history of Israel and just as a people, the way that they were. Of course, you know, as long as they had strong leaders like Joshua, we, we, we come out of Egypt after Moses. Moses set down the law. God had given him the law. They started following Joshua. And at the end of Joshua's days, he challenges them in 1524, choose you this day who ye will serve. And he makes the statement, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I've preached on that long, along those lines toward daddies. He's... The daddy said, Joshua said, as for me, because he made a declaration there for himself, but then as the head of his household, he made a declaration for his household. He said, as for me and my house, we will (laughs) serve the Lord. So he set forth some things. Teenager still in the bed all covered up. Uh... I don't want to go to church. I don't care whether you want to or not. We will go to church. <laughs> See, you know, sometimes you have to help them along with their will. <laughs> as a daddy, just like Joshua did. But then after Joshua, as we come through the scriptures after Joshua, and all the elders that were in that day, there's all they said, they told Joshua, yeah, we're going to serve the Lord. But then when Joshua and all the elders died... Then they turned away. Amen. They started serving idols. Started serving the idols of the land, the people of the land around them. And we see that here in Ezekiel. But Isaiah says here in verse number 1 of chapter 1, the vision of Isaiah the son of Amos, which, the, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. And the reason that it gives you the kings, and, and because each of them, each of these kings that was mentioned, served a period of time. You can historically look that up. Okay, so when it gives you what it named four, one, two, three, four, yeah, it named four different kings, and it was during their periods of reign that this is taking place. So lots of times we just read over it, and you're like, so instead of saying from such and such year to such and such year, they said they're saying during this these amount of years under under the one king uh, Uzziah and the years that Jotham served and the years that Ahaz served and the years that Hezekiah served for this period of time is when this is happening. So you know most of the time we just read that and are like, what does that mean? It means that it means a period of time. That these, these, the, the time that these four kings served. So he saw this vision here uh, concerning Judah and Jerusalem, this split kingdom of the Jews, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, king of Ju- kings of Judah. Oh, hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children. And here's where they were, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, the ass his master's crib, but Israel does not know, my people does not consider, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, 
They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. So <laughs> we can so make application. I mean, like I said a minute ago, we could just take all these scriptures, and I know that they applied to Israel, and they were his, historic, and they have applied to Israel, but look at our leaders today. Compare our leadership in 2023 to our leadership in 1776. Who, though some of them never professed faith in Christ, they were still God-fearing. And it is, and it is, you can go to the Library of Congress, you can read their writings from 1776 and afterward and even before, and 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 the and God was in the midst of their thoughts when they governed. They governed according to the precepts of the Word of God. Many of the laws of the land that was set forth in 1776 and before in the state and the colony legislatures were based on the Word of God. The Mayflower Compact was based, principles based on the Word of God. And we've gotten so far away from that. We've gotten, they're saying, you know, they'll deny the Word of God or they'll or they, they've changed the Word of God, these perversions, these versions that, uh, that they have come out with today. They've changed the meanings, and, and, and they say that, it, you know, and like they'll, they'll say it about the Word of God that basically you can interpret it your own way and believe it your own way and so on and so forth, and I deal with that in some of my family members. And then they want to say the thing, same thing about the Constitution. They say, oh, this is, you know, this is living. We can change. It doesn't mean the same thing that it meant in 1776 or thereafter. I think it was a little after that the Constitution was made. Declaration of Independence was 1776. Later on, they got together and they wrote the Constitution. And they didn't. They didn't just hap. It wasn't written haphazardly. And then every single one of our senators, the 50 that's up there, two from each state. And then all of the, uh, the representatives from the various districts of the state, we can bring it to our state legislature as well, but we go to Washington, D.C., and I have, on at least two different occasions, as a military member and now as a civilian civil service worker, raised my right hand, swore an oath, and in part of both of those oaths, you say to defend the Constitution against enemies, both foreign and domestic, to uphold the Constitution. And every single one of them has taken the same oath of office, but they are going so far away from the Constitution that they, just like Israel here, they have gone away backwards. And in doing so, as we read here in Isaiah... In going away backwards, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. There, are, I don't know where this comes from. There is a, um, ever since e email first started coming out, before social media, but when emails first started coming out, and instead of just getting on and, whichever platform that you're on and 
and conversing that way, you used to send emails one with the other. And there was an email that made it circles where somebody had compiled, this goes back to George H.W. Bush in his administration. I think it goes back that far. But somebody that keeps up with the, keeps up with the news took the various, it might have gone back to, it might have went back to, to uh, Carter, now that I think about it. But anyway, people that keeps up with the goings-on in politics, and every time that we as a nation did something against Israel, if we went into some kind of, uh, we brokered some kind of a treaty, we brokered some kind of a, an agreement, some kind of a situation with Israel, and it looked like we were on the other people's side against Israel, there would be some major catastrophe here in the United States. And they put each event next to the catastrophe, but a hurricane that wiped out you know, the coast, or be it tornadoes you know, all over the south, or be it whatever, they were wildfires out west, and you could just look at, on this date we did this against Israel, and this date, this happened in the United States. And historically, you could look it up. And it was there. And they just laid it all out. And I'm like, wow. To the point where every now and then, when we hear the news and something comes out of Washington that's against Israel as a nation, Lisa and I look at each other and go, look out. <laughs> the Lord's getting ready to do something here. Or some major event happened in, you know, some major catastrophe happens in the United States. And we said, what have we done to Israel now? And this is our conversation. Because, and most of the time, if we look back at what they've done, we've done something against Israel. It provokes, he's going to bless, Israel, bless those that bless Israel, and he's going to curse those that curse Israel. That's a promise of God. And it holds true. It holds true. But Israel, in our context here in Ezekiel, has gone away backwards again. They've served, served idols again. When I've seen here in our text, um, again in verse number 22, I'm sorry, verse number 23 of chapter 22, then it says, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The Son of Man saying to her, verse 24, saying to her, Who are we talking about? It's talking about so when you have to go all the way back to chapter 21, and it says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy faith toward Jerusalem. So the her that we're seeing in our text is Jerusalem. It is Israel, but it is specifically Jerusalem. And it's talking about the city as we read in the context, as we read through chapter 21 into chapter 22, and we get down to our, to our text, it's still talking about Jerusalem and the people thereof and how they have gone backwards. They have built up things in our text here and, and, uh, un, with untempered mortars. Her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken. So, and again, we've seen the three here, the priest, the, pro, the, priest, the, the princes, which is your politicians, <laughs> those in charge there, and the prophets. And, and so there's three, three people. The priests violated the law. The princes, uh, like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and destroy souls to get dishonest gain, to get dishonest gain. They go to, they go to Washington. <laughs> they go to Washington 
just barely scraping by and they come out four years later, six years later in some cases, two, four years, whatever, two years, maybe two years later. One term, they're done, but most of the time that's not happening. But they come out millionaires. I wonder how that happens. Huh. Like ravening wolves. Dishonest gain. Insider trading. <laughs> it's in the news. People don't get, I don't want to keep up with all that mess up there just as long as I draw a paycheck. Well, that's fine. Draw your paycheck. Pay your taxes. And I'm, and I'm just, things in the world affect the church. And so it is important that we understand what's going on around us. And there are people out there in Christendom that affect the true church, that affect the true churches, that will attack. They'll say one thing, and for anybody standing up for the truth, will be attacked. We dealt with the truth back in earlier this year. And standing up for the truth in what the first message in June. Standing up for the truth, saying what's what's what it. But you're going to be attacked. You're going if you stand for the truth and you profess prophesy the truth, profess the truth, preach the truth, then you're going to be attacked. Amen. And so so we see the, the priests, the princes, and now the prophets with the untempered mortar. They've built the things that basically on vanity and lies. Untempered mortar. I looked up the word temper. What does it mean to temper mortar? Tempering is the practice of allowing lime putty mortar to stand undisturbed for a period of time in the wet state before use. The workability of pre-mixed lime putty mortars and plasters can improve if left to stand undisturbed for a period of time before use. There's things that we can go down to the hardware store when we're putting wall coverings on and things like that, and they'll come up, maybe they'll have a, a it'll be in a powder form in the bucket, and when we read the instructions, it'll say, stir in X amount of water, not too much and not too little. Follow the instructions. But it'll say, stir this in. It'll tell you how to stir it in. It'll tell you what to stir it in with. But then it'll say, let set for this a period of time before use. That's tempering. That's allowing the, 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 the water and the, the uh, makeup of the water to take what's the makeup of this powder and work together and it has to set a certain time for it to be used properly. If you use it too soon, it's, it's untempered. It's not, it's not set like it needs to set. And you may be able to use it, and it may look good when you're done, but because the tempering, and he knows from his concrete days, the tempering gives it strength. Jesse, is, that's what he does, and it's what Brother Glenn has done in the past. Brother Larry, I think, has done in the past, too, because I asked about Jesse, and what he does now is he, he goes out to the construction sites that's laying, that's putting in the, the, uh, the sand or the dirt, the aggregate, the gravel, and then on top of it, eventually he's going to get his concrete part, but right now it's the, the, it's the uh, asphalt, and he'll go out and he'll test 
how they've compacted the sand and the dirt underneath the rock. He'll go out and test the packing of the rock. And then he goes out and tests the asphalt for the strength thereof. And certain jobs requires a certain thickness of the asphalt and or concrete later, you know, if he gets into that, that part, he's got to pass some tests. But it, it, certain tempering says, okay, on this particular asphalt or on this particular concrete, you can put this much weight on there. Brother Glenn was talking about us patch out here on the, on the, uh, the runway or taxiway that they poured, and they had to pour it a certain thickness, which was a great thickness, just to be able to hold the weight of the planes that land out here. But if the concrete mixture is not right, then though they lay it the thickness that's there, the temper, the strength is not in the concrete. Hence, it needs to be checked and needs to be taken care of. So I guess really right now, here it comes down to be careful little ears what you hear. Because we live in a world today that you can get on YouTube, you can get on Sermon Audio, you can get on a number of other platforms that are out there. It's not a, it's not a cassette tape that says, hey, you need to listen to this, brother. It's really good. I heard it. I was there. Or this brother, Billy Mitchell, or anybody else, give a tape or a CD to somebody. Now, anybody can access a whole lot of people and a lot of messages, and you are introducing to yourself potentially some messages that won't hold up. <laughs> the doctrine is just not the right. It's, the doctrine doesn't line up with the doctrine in the Word of God. The Word that you're hearing doesn't line up with this, and you're hearing messages of untempered mortar. It doesn't hold up. It doesn't hold, have the strength behind it. Some of these doctrines that are out there, that's just crazy stuff. Where do they get that? They don't get it from here. Or maybe they do, and if they get it from here, it's because they've twisted it to make it work. And what's happening is you'll hear it in the house, you'll hear it in the car, you'll hear it at work. And then I'm, I'm just, I don't know, it's not here yet. I'm just helping us to be careful. But I've heard of it in other places where things that are happening beyond the church, extra church activities, extra church listening is coming into, not this church yet, I'm just cautionary, because I'm hearing it in other places, about it in other places, and one, I don't want it to happen here, but then just be, be careful of what you hear and who you're hearing. Bump it up again, reasoning with the Word of God, making sure that it fits. And don't just take off on a tangent because it sounds good from these other people. These prophets here said, hey, thus saith the Lord when the Lord didn't say thus. It says of the priest here in our text that... Um, the priests have violated the law. They have profaned the holy things. They've put on, they put no difference between the holy and the profane. Come as you are. Let's paint our ceilings black and let's just, let's have the music that the world has. 
says the instruments that the world's got. And there's nothing wrong with the instruments that the world's got. It's how it's played, but they, they, they play it like the world. There's no difference in the way they play it in church than what you would hear on Saturday night, Friday night down to Honky Tonk. They just put Christian words to it. As a fella recently died that wrote the little chorus that we sing here, and it's probably in some of our books, um, without him... I could do nothing without him. Na, 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 na. Without him. Na, 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 na. <laughs> Same fellow wrote that in the day, decided, hey, let's reach the young people by having a Christian rock band. He came from a family of gospel singers. He wrote the song that's in some of our hymns, that little chorus. But then he turned to rock and roll, Christian, quote unquote, rock and roll. There is no such thing. To hopefully win somebody. He did just exactly what these priests do did. They they took what was holy and they profaned them. They have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. They have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. Come as you are. Oh, you don't have to. And all this stuff we're going to have. And they'll put, they'll put the word Christian in there to make it sound good. Just like the trunk or treats that we just seen advertised of, of Three, week, three weeks ago, come, come down to such and such church, Baptist church, we're going to have this trunk or treat deal. What in the world? Well, it's a safe alternative to trick or treating. We're going to dress as Bible characters. Profane. They've taken the holy... And they've profaned it. They've introduced the worldly stuff into worship. Or they've made their worship look worldly. Here's Israel. They did this in their worship. We're seeing it in around us in the worship, so, so-called worship today. Christian rock, cowboy church. Cowboy church, okay. We're going to get together and we're going to sing a honky-tonk version of Amazing Grace. (laughs) And then for our fellowship, we're going to get out and ride horses. Where is that here? It's not. It's around us. Help us now. In chapter 23, I'm not going to... There's some pretty plain verses that I'll not read. But it talks of two sisters. One of them, he gives their names at the beginning of this, Aholah and Aholabah. 
And it mentions them and, and that they, they committed whoredoms in Egypt. They committed whoredoms in their youth. Verse number 3, said their and it gives their names, and Aholah was the elder and Aholabah was the sister. But then it, it, it names a, 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 a region and or a city with each of these. Samaria was attributed to Aholah and Jerusalem, Aholabah. Of course, Alhola played the harlot, and she died. They killed her. Then Holabah sought after her paramours, as we read this, her lovers. So you go down through here, like I said, very plain in, in text, parts of these texts. But one of the things that I wanted to point out here, chapter 23 and verse 21 dealing with the second one, talking about Jerusalem, which we go back to verse chapter 21, and this is dealing with her. Ezekiel is prophesying against Jerusalem. Verse 21, thou calledest, Thus thou calledest to remembrance the lewdness of thy youth in bruising thy teats by the Egyptians for the paps of thy youth. Therefore, O Aholabah, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up thy lovers against thee from whom my mind is alienated, and I will bring them against thee on every side with them, I'm sorry, uh, against on every side the Babylonians and all the Chaldeans, Pekod and Shoah and Koah, and all the Assyrians with them, and of all them desirable young men, captains and rulers, great lords and renowned, all of them riding upon horses, and they shall come against thee with chariots, wagons, and wheels, and with an assembly of people which shall set against thee buckler, and shield and helmet round about, and I will set judgment before them, and they shall judge thee according to their judgments, and I will set my jealousy against thee, and they shall deal fur furiously with thee, and they shall take away thy nose and thine ears, and thy remnant shall fall by the sword, and they shall take thy sons and thy daughters, and the residue shall be devoured by the fire. So judgment comes upon them when they got away from God, when they started serving other gods, when they started you know, serving the uh, gods of people around them. All through the scripture we see this. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. We see it in Hosea and other places where they got away from serving the one true living God. We can make all kinds of applications here. Oftentimes, the things that pull us away from God and away from our service from God, here's where they went away backwards. We, we read here, there in, uh, there in Isaiah, they went away backward. They fell apart because they, they had no strength because of untempered mortar, because of the lives of the prophets. But one of the things that we oftentimes, we can seek certain things in our, in our profession. Prof, we can seek certain uh, avenues in our daily lives and we think everything's wonderful. But if we're not careful, it will take us away from God. And what I wanted to point out here in this scripture, the things that can take us away from God in our daily lives, though maybe in itself is not wrong, but keeping God in the midst of it, and, 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 and maybe it is wrong for you. I think about 
rewind. So there's, there's a situation at work. So one guy, so I had applied for the one downtown at VA. And again, I look at it as it wasn't God's will for me, and that's fine. So, so the person that they hired down at the VA downtown didn't work out. So they went to their second on the list, and their second on the list was a fellow that I work with. He's leaving. So he's leaving, and another fellow come in, talked about a good interview that he had, so he's potentially leaving if he gets that job. So what does that do to me? I mean, just naturally. Makes me consider what else might be out there. There's a, a fella that's on a, a, that puts out lists of emergency management jobs around the country, around the world, actually. And I read some of them, and there was one I was just at lunchtime the other day. I seen it. It said Oklahoma. He just lists the state, Oklahoma, in a group, and then you go scroll down, and he lists the job listings and the links. So it said Oklahoma City. I said, oh, what's this all about? And I scroll down there, and it's a, it's a, it's a job with Marathon Oil. I said, uh-huh. You have to have high school education. Check. You have to have ICS. It doesn't mean nothing to you. ICS 300, four, uh, uh, two, 100, 200, 300, 400, 700, 800. I got all those. Starting salary, $100,300 a year. What? Up to 179000 a year. I said, <laughs> So the flesh says, I mentioned it, you know, in just in conversation, and I said, why don't you check into that? And the flesh says, yeah, check into that. <laughs> and, and this is rare. I have money. But the wallet goes, check into that. The bank account says, yeah, really check into that. But then... Because part of the job could be response that would take me away from what God sent me here for. See, I could be pulled to that, and in the flesh, there was nothing wrong necessarily. I mean, I got the qualifications, many of the qualifications, a lot of it's teaching, and I'm right up, that's right up my path. My, a lot of the qualifications. I could probably maybe swing and get that job. But when I say, God, what would your will be about it? Oh, I see. Oh, it's only responding when there's a disaster, but if there's a disaster, how long would you be away from what I called you to Oklahoma City for? So though there's nothing wrong in trying to better myself, though there's nothing wrong in seeking maybe a higher income professionally, that would take me away from what God wanted me here for, which is here. The flesh will pull you away. The flesh pulled these two sisters away in chapter 23. They fell after the flesh and the things of the flesh. They followed after the lust of the flesh. They followed after these things. 
that brought them pleasure. But we read in our text, both in chapter 23 and I've, I've or chapter 22, at the, at the end I highlighted it as I was reading it here because we see it also in 23. Therefore I have poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with fire of my wrath. Here's where I want, and their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord. We see in chapter 23, and so the things that she felt uh, that Aholabah uh, uh, followed after verse number chapter twenty three verse twenty three uh, twenty two. Therefore, O Aholabah, thus saith the Lord: Behold, I will raise up thy lovers against thee. The things that she followed after, the things that Israel followed after, was the very things that God used back against. Israel, back against them. So if I had to follow that example, and I get there and everything is wonderfully hunky-dory, but it's not God's will for my life. I mean, I, got, I can pay off some things. You know how the wine works? Yeah, I can get that. That's more money than I've ever thought about ever earning in my lifetime. And the, the flesh says, I could do this, and 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 I could do this. And I can do this, and I could do this, and I could do this. And just think about my, what my tithe would be, Lord. You know, you, you pull God into the conversation, and God's saying, not my will, but Lord. It makes so much sense that I do this. And God said, not my will, but we follow after it anyway. We say, and you might get it. Follow it after it. And then it'll be that very thing that God will turn it around and use against you in his wrath because you are out of his will. We see it here. It was used, it was done against, against Israel. And the very thing, again, that we often reach out to that's out of the will of God is the very thing that will turn around to bite us. The pet sin, we've used that example. You know, the little snake. Oh, it's a little rattlesnake. <laughs> it's just a little one. You know, I've seen the one thing it says, you know, uh, it was a, a little whatever, and it has, it's about a, a viper. And you mess around with it, mess around with it, and you handle it, and you handle it, and you handle it, and you think it's your friend, but then one day it bites you. And you're like, I was your friend. Why did you buy me? I'm still a viper. I'm still a snake. My nature has not changed. People have the lions and the, <laughs> these exotic animals that are dangerous animals. You know, you go to your sin to me, don't get out there and do this with this wild bison that, or this wild elk. They're wild. But you see it every day. And then they're like, oh, that thing, you know, did a titan. Why? Because it's a wild beast. I heard of a, we was down in, I was joking around with Lisa. She's been considering another pet. 
Help me. That's something. But I was going down to Louisiana, driving down the road, seeing all that little swampy water over there on the side of the road. I said, hey, Lisa, <laughs> I know we can get you a pet alligator take back to there. We just want them little ones, you know. And she's looking at me like, you're crazy. But people get some little alligator, some sort of something like that. And then they say, oh, it's okay. We just... But it'll be the very thing that winds up taking your leg off or your arm off. And you wonder, what in the world? Why? I seen, I heard tale of a, of a spot in alligator country that had tourists stop and all over the place had big signs that said, keep your animals on a leash. Do not walk your dogs beyond this point. Alligators, all these signs that clearly pointed out the danger of walking your dogs. And some northerner, somebody not from alligator country, gets out with their little Fifi dog and lets them walk around unleashed and then beyond the point, and there were some of those canoes turned up on a, a, a little a pole there that they turn them over and that's where they store them because you could rent canoes there. But underneath the canoes was an alligator. And the little dog got down a certain place, and out come the alligator, and the dog went, ah! And the alligator caught up to the dog, took the dog straight into the water. And the owner was like, oh, we got we to gotta search for our... And they're like, lady, the, your dog is dead. It's plain. It's dead. It's in the alligator's belly by now. Rescue my... No, it doesn't work that way, lady. We had the signs up. And you ignored the signs. We, we seek certain things and we think it's good for our family. It's good for us. It's, it's going to benefit the church. And the sign says, no, it won't. Stay away from that. Keep your family away from that. It's not my will. But we do it anyway. And then the very thing that we pursue is the very thing that will turn back around and get us. Just like it was described here. I really didn't think I had this. So... I don't know if you'll go there. So be, be careful, I guess, is, is the message today. Falling apart and backing up. Not that it's here necessarily. I don't know. Maybe some of it is. But a lot of, a lot of this message and the thoughts thereby come from what I'm seeing and hearing. What I have been tempted to do and my self-examination now, there is a positions come open in, in, my, in my shop eventually. Maybe that will be God's will. And it will be same, same, same work, same time frame, same, same everything, just a different position. But to be drawn away thinking, oh, this is, you know, just because, just because it's sparkly 
and enticing doesn't mean that you need to be grabbing hold of it because there's probably some hooks that's going to get you. So if nothing else, just examine where you're at with yourself. Examine where you're at with your children, your family. Be careful with these enticements. Be careful with the doctrines that are out there that the untempered mortar that doesn't line up with the Word of God. Oh, but it sounds good. Yeah, there's a crowd out there that sounds good. They'll, take the, they'll get just enough of the, what is right, and they'll mix it in with what's wrong, and you really, really, really have to examine it. So Be careful, little ears, what you hear. <laughs> be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little feet, where you go, and we can sing the song. Hands, what you do. Line it up with the will of God. Line it up with the word of God. Line it up with the will of God. And don't get trapped in that what you are seeking or following turns around and bites you. Because I don't want any casualties. I don't want to become a casualty. And that's my message today. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you, Lord. For, thank you for the help. Lord, help us to, to examine our lives where we're at, what we're pursuing. And uh, Lord, with, with the, the test of whether it lines up with thy will. And Lord, I ask and pray that if anybody has fallen into any of this, seeking after the untempered mortar, seeking after the things that would bring destruction or judgment upon their homes and their households. Lord, help them to repent of it and to turn from it, as we also have seen Israel do in their history, and to follow after you. I ask and pray that you'll take the message, use it accordingly. We ask and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. If we have a song of invitation, if the Lord's spoken to you in any way, maybe something to pray about, then the altars are open. And I know in the Sunday school hour, for those that were here, this is not being toward the lost, but you've all set before us Sunday school and preaching of the past when the lost have been spoken to. A clear presentation of the gospel has been presented, and it was presented again this morning in the Sunday school hour. If that's the case, then, and the Lord's spoken to you, then please respond accordingly as well.